scientifically, stones emit this brainwave or this frequency that will help emit that frequency through your body, thus changing your resonance. And the way I like to relate it is a song. So like, you know, when you go to work out, you got the pump up frequencies, those songs that affect your body. And then people are like, yeah, it's just because of the music or the lyrics, or the words. I'm like, there's a stone that does the same thing. There are these physical frequencies that help then change your vibration in order to focus you, maybe calm you, maybe energize you or help the circulation through your blood. This is for the others out there. The other ambitious people who want to play at a higher level in their life. It's time to get curious and get real. Join me and together, let's find the others. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Find the Others podcast. I am your host, Joshua Church. Grateful to have you with us. New episodes are dropping every Wednesday and Sunday, so be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you can get the notification when a new episode comes out. And give me a follow on Instagram at Joshua Dean Church to catch different clips and highlights that I post. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, you find something that might be valuable, please be sure to share it with a friend who also might be into it so that together we can continue to grow our tribe of others. Today, we got a great one on tap, folks, with Devin Kajust. Devin is, first and foremost, a goofball. He's like the collector for Marvel, but for crystals. He's an energy healer, musician, Aquarius, former NFL tight end, motivational speaker, and stem cell research assistant. Out of all of these diverse titles that society claims, the one he enjoys most is Goofball. Why? Because it's the title he gives himself. After stealing the show on the hit HBO series Hard Knocks training camp with the Cleveland Browns in 2018, he decided to retire from the NFL and pursue a more aligned and authentic career. Talk about a career pivot. We had a deep conversation around quantum healing modalities like crystals, competition, dealing with the ego, what it's like playing in the NFL, challenges along his journey, and so, so much more. I really enjoyed this conversation. He's got amazing intention and absolute heart of gold. Give him a follow on Instagram at DevinKajust86. He posts great content there. And just a heads up, the internet didn't play too nice when we recorded this, so apologies if the quality lags at times. Well, buckle up, folks. We are about to dive in with Devin Kajust. Hey, man. Hey. How we doing over there? We're doing sensational, brother. We really are. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited to be on the show. So thank you so much for having me here. And uh, yeah, it's been what a time. What a time. How about yourself? <laughs> what a time indeed. I love the little uh, vibey setup you have over there. Looks like yeah, a, thank you. a little vibe den. Yeah, a little bit. You know, try to keep it in the bedroom. Uh, got a little dream catcher here. Like to block out the sun. I'm actually learning the importance of complete darkness. And Ooh. I don't know about you growing up as a kid, but I was absolutely afraid of the dark. <laughs> so tell me yeah. more about that. <laughs> yeah, simply put, is the cells, um, they need to learn how to turn off. And, you know, I'm sure you've had so many conversations with electromagnetic fields or EMF coming from Wi-Fi, the cell towers, even your cell phone or your computer. And with all of that radiation or blue light wavelength, 
it keeps the activity of the cells on because they don't actually know that the sun has gone down. Right. Right. So when you teach them to shut off the importance, they actually truly can recover and regenerate. And Mm -hmm. so laying in this complete darkness, tying the science into the metaphysics, as some of you may know, or like you yourself know, I'm into this energetic world. Um, The metaphysics is like going into the womb or going Mm -hmm. into the void and restarting to recreate the next day which again is the death and rebirth process. So really just honoring that. I love that. Have you done any of these uh, sensory deprivation tanks, those float tanks? Dude, I have not. <laughs> That's the next step for me. I've been invited yeah. to go do that a handful of times. How about yourself? Bro, yeah. Talk about returning to the womb. That's just like, that's a trip. Totally, totally. I, I think and I think that's probably the thing. I, you putting it that way really kind of grounds that down because that's what I felt like was happening it was like a total shutdown you're in that brainwave state I think it's theta where you're like in between dreaming wake state you're just like you're kind of teetering on consciousness there and you're just just completely fluid it's pretty powerful yeah I'm heard it's like uh it's like the world in between worlds oh yeah sounds uh sounds about right and uh and you my friend have uh have experienced a few worlds uh within the worlds <laughs> with uh yes. with your experience and your your various careers so I'm, I'm excited to uh to dig into that um question for you just right off the bat like did you did you ever think that you would be doing the work that you're doing now and aligned with what you're doing now did you know from an early age were you interested in the meta? metaphysical energetic healing space or that's something that came later for you in your career what's so interesting is like i didn't in any way definitely as a child or even going through college did i think that i would do anything metaphysics um although i was very intuitive i thought it was kind of just passed on the way that you have genes or talents gifted from your parents right right and my dad's ability to read people and just kind of feel things out. I was like, oh yeah, that's just like another gift, another talent, right? And being able to have adult conversations and my friends have always been 10, 20 years older than me. And the old soul comment, I was like, whatever. So like, I get it. It's just like what we're gifted and it's because of my parents. However, um, additionally, my mother was into crystals and stones and the woo woo, if you will, Mm -hmm. for years. Um, I think I was, I was, as I was going through college, she would be in the shockers and all that jazz. And I thought she deserved to be in a loony bin. hundred <laughs> percent. I thought I was like, mom, whatever you need to get further, like hey, to each their own, but science is the way to go. And I even had a little bit of religion in there as well. So I had considered it evil or a little bit dark, but again, just trying to hold space and love. And that was my extent. So the fact that I was brought to my knees, surrendering, trying to check all the boxes in life and, you know, having multiple golden tickets as society would put it, it didn't lead me anywhere, but to absolute suffering. Mm. And so when I surrendered to this experience of experiencing my first stone, I woke, as they said, or I would just say became more aware of these other worlds or these other sensations or the things outside of the tangible or matter. And from these moments, then I was like, wait a second, this is something that I can't explain, but I know is truth because I'm experiencing. And then from these moments, it just changed the rest of my life. And then I saw how I actually was positively affecting others. And I'm like, wait a second. So life isn't this game that is just like dog eat dog, can't trust no, nobody. Science is the way, like just got to hustle and grind. And then mm. from this, I am now where I'm at, totally on the opposite end of the spectrum, if you will. 
to help share and be like, wait a second, guys, like I've been where you've been. I've had the same thoughts or similar thoughts. Like, please, let me just show you another avenue to go and make your experience in life your own. That's beautiful. I love that. And I, and I love how you integrate that as well through the science, because the coolest thing to me is that science is now proving all of this stuff. It's like science is finally catching up with this. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, of course we're all energy. Like at the end of the day, like, yes, we are, we are broadcasting this, this radio wave from our head and we are picking up on vibes and like, they, this is, this is now being proven, which is, which is the coolest thing. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. It actually really helps support the woo woo lunatics Luna right. moon, right? The moon takes the werewolves, whatever you want, the vampires, all that jazz. We're like, wait a second. There might be some validity to what they're saying. It's like, no, absolutely. Um, and what I find so fascinating about the entire thing is like, we're actually using the verbiage ever since we're little. You know, we'll literally say like, mom, I don't like the way this person feels. Yeah. Or like, I don't know about this space or like the energy here. Like, I don't feel good. Or this doesn't sound right. Like we're using layman's terms of intuition. Mm. but we're not taught about how to harness or understand what is this intuition how do you have this knowingness from within you and yet science is like okay wim hof breathing breath work mindfulness meditation brainwave therapy okay this stuff is like you can you can measure it so right what are, what were some of the tools that you discovered or some of the tools that you currently use to get in touch with that intuition that intuitive voice because i think it's can be a difficult one to distinguish from like the subconscious fears and all the other things. Like when did you start tapping into that? What, what are some tools that helped you get into that? When I started tapping into a little bit of it was junior year in college. Um, I was aware of like feeling energies, other spirits, if you will, in the rooms. Mm. And I'd be like, all right, well, something about this cupboard or something about, I remember I specifically it was a cupboard. I'm like this <laughs> it doesn't feel right and I can't explain it and my feelings surrounding it and I have the chills even remembering it so I didn't understand it but however I was like I became more aware of it especially again I talked to my mom about it right but now in where I'm at today some of the tools that I use is crystals uh, being in tune with the energetics behind something like okay here is a crystal that say emits the frequency think of like a vibration but scientifically mm -hmm. stones emit this brainwave or this frequency that will help emit that frequency through your body thus changing your resonance and the way i like to relate it is a song so like you know when you go to work out you got the pump up frequencies those songs that affect your body and then people are like yeah it's just because of the music or the lyrics or the words i'm like there's a stone that does the same thing there are these physical frequencies that help then change your vibration in order to focus you maybe calm you, maybe energize you or help the circulation through your blood. And crystals is just one huge modality that I do use. Um, but yeah, so I'll use crystals. I'll use breath work as another one. I mean, Navy SEALs have always used breathing. I mean, if you think about, and if any of you play Call of Duty, I'm not a big gamer, but anytime that in a game you go to shoot, it's just that holding of the breast, slowing down the heartbeat to focus. But then also like if you need to slow your breath down in order to stay relaxed it's like taking those slow deep breaths have you started this entire situation right to keep the mind clear however if you need to move fast think fast rapid breathing fire right. breath or a kundalini to really activate wake up the nervous system get it from that theta uh brainwave to either beta or alpha and just those two techniques it's just like wait a second i can literally change my vibration now it's not mm -hmm. something that i have to wait 
I have to go through this entire process to achieve set outcome. So stones and crystals that I work with specifically, I'll use breath work as another modality. Um, brainwave therapy, I love to use a lot to really help me get into that state. Um, there is, like you can go to ceremonials, ceremonies where you can use like say a tobacco mm -hmm. and tobacco is very grounding and very therapeutic. Um, and I just took these off in the beginning. I use copper bracelets with magnets on them. Copper is an ancient metal that's been used to help with physical healing, a lot mm -hmm. of physical healing of the body. And as well as the magnets, as the blood cells, your white blood cells, the cells pass through your hands, your wrist, it helps reorganize the molecule, the structure of the atom or the structure of the molecule in general to thus release the toxins. So purifying mm -hmm. the blood, purifying the cells, which again, circulate through your body constantly. And this is just here. It's just a metal. It's nothing. It's science. You can measure it. It works. It's got right. polarity. And in the end, it's very grounding again, because as much as you want to think clearly, the higher you want to go, the deeper you need to be into the ground, much like a skyscraper. So those are just a couple of the modalities that I use. I hopefully that hopefully that's very simply uh, expressed. Yeah, um, I would say brilliantly put. I, that's probably my favorite description of crystals and using stones for healing in that way with the sound. Like I love the parallel and the analogy to the music because that's so that's so true. And that's what it is. It's easy for us to understand because we talk about music and sound in frequency, in waves, in energy, right? We talk about it. We can measure the decibels. We can measure the actual frequency in sound waves. And that's like sound is just one way that we interpret that vibration and we interpret it through other ways as well. So that's really cool. I love that one. Um, so, and what, 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 what do you see the power of the mind has? Like one of the things that I love is the whole idea of like the placebo effect and how we can can like convince ourselves of things as well. And that we can buy into it. Like when you're telling me about the copper bracelet, I'm like, yes, I'm going to give you <laughs> one of those copper bracelets. I know that's going to work for me because I really will buy in and believe that that's happening. And I know I'm going to see the results. So what, what's your experience or thoughts on that? So copper bracelets, what I am legitimately extremely fascinated by about them is the fact that you put it on, you do feel it instantly. Hmm. I've passed it to people and I've had them like, just try these, just try one, just try two. And some people will get exhausted almost instantaneously because it turns into like wearing ankle weights. Sometimes it's mm. too heavy, too much for an individual. So their body goes, whoa, I just like ran a marathon or like I just got extremely exhausted. Because Is that because it's detoxing or what? Detoxing is one, but it's actually just really pulling all of your energy together got and it. it's grounding it into all at once. So imagine like the way I would think about it is like you're carrying around a lot of bags and a lot of people will hold those bags like they're floating in balloons because they left their self here. Their, their thoughts are over here, like their emotions are over there, but the copper brings it all together. So now you're handling the full weight of your being for the first time. And so when it does that, that mm. may be a little bit of energetic overload. So it can become exhausting. But just like anything, just wearing them for a couple of days or like rotating a little bit, maybe I'll wear it for an hour, then two hours and progress. Your body does adjust to the energetics of itself. Hmm. Interesting. Well, you're going yeah. to send me, you're gonna have to send me a link for some of those, uh, some of those copper bracelets to check out because I'm definitely into that. That's big time, man. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'd love to, I'd love to dig in and, and hear a little bit about 
your um, and, and chat about your football career here because um, I mean, I remember I first saw you on Hard Knocks. I'm sure that a lot of people say that, but I I went out to school in Ohio and um, all my best friends are from Cleveland. And so, you know, we were all in, all in on the Browns and that season on hard knocks was epic. And, and seeing, uh, seeing you with the crystals, I was like, this dude knows, like this guy knows what's up. (laughs) And it's very, it's a very cool uh, realization here to be uh, having a chat with you. So um, I love that. Um, What you played at Stanford first, right. Um, And, did you did you always want to go into professional play professional ball? Did you want to go to the league? Was that something that just kind of lent itself as you got to Stanford, balled out there, and then it was the next step? Was it something that you had a dream as a kid? So one, thank you, thank you for the support yeah, and all your homies sure. from Ohio. Big shout out to you guys. Much love to all of you guys. I really appreciate it. So that that's really big. Uh, one, yeah. secondly, two components. So as a kid, I remember writing in my fifth grade yearbook that I wanted to be, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I wrote NFL Cowboys Superstar. Hmm. Like, I'm a cowboy. That's where it was. But I recognized that I had placed that dream because I wanted the love and approval of my dad. I was chasing a dream for 15 years because all I wanted my dad to say was like, yes, I'm proud of you. Hmm. I love you. You're valuable. You're worth it. You're a man, right? And I feel like many of us go through these experiences in our life where we're doing things for others. And many of us do that. It's just natural. It's human nature. We want to experience love. So my pursuit of the NFL was solely just because of my dad. So then when things started to like grow and evolve, the first time I actually kind of considered something was in high school when I had gotten a scholarship and I didn't even know who Stanford was when I got that scholarship. And that's a whole other story. Yeah. Right. And just Yeah, it was honestly mind blowing. <laughs> I thought it was like a D3 school. And I'm like, uh, what? That's hilarious. But, yeah, I didn't know. And I remember being asked in an interview, they're like, hey, so have you always had this dream your whole life? And like, honestly, it was just two weeks ago when I thought it was even possible or like something even fathomable. And then when I get into college, that's when I'm like, you know what? Like as much as I don't love the game, I like the game. I Everyone loves attention. It made me feel valuable. It felt like mm-hmm. I was worth something because I was bullied my whole life growing up. I, I mean, I'm still picked on some ways because I'm just different. I'm odd. I'm yeah. goofy. I'm were uh, quirky right or weird would be a word that used to be uh it would affect me a lot really deeply so then being in stanford and i'm like I'm, i've come this far i've put in all of this work let me just go after it i'm already here like let me just see if i can even make it and achieve it in any way so then my pursuit switched to like let's just see if i can do it so then getting to the nfl now it was like all right now that i'm here like wow, the lessons that I learned in the NFL and what you think it is versus what it actually is and how much is involved is so much out of your control. Mm-hmm. And there's so many moving components and pieces and like, hey, there's just some dudes with raw talent. And there are dudes that you don't really see that have that talent. And I was more on the end where I thought I was like a walk-on. Every step of the way, I felt like a walk-on and I just had to earn my place. And then eventually it came to the point because uh, of hard knocks that episode where I do represent and show the crystals and teach people about energy and how I'm not like, Oh, this is just a rock. And like, you know, (laughs) I eat it like, no, it was like, wait a second, guys. Like I was on your side. I was the religious background, science background. So over here, but this is the thing that has changed my life. And here's the opportunity of three years of work and journeying internally and not sharing, being afraid of it, that I was presented the opportunity to recognize like, more people 
reached out to me through emails and on Instagram and through Facebook Messenger asking about energy and crystals, not about football. Mm. And I was like, wait a second. This was that moment. Like I tore my shoulder and I had the ability to come back, rehab it, maybe even be on practice squad for the Browns. And I was like, wait a second. Am I going to go through another rehab? Because I tore my ACL a year before. I'm like, am I going to go through punishing pain through something that I don't love for doing something that I don't love chasing someone else's dream that isn't mine or am I going to do something different am I going to show people like yes society says this is your golden ticket go do this go chase this then you will be happy successful and joyful and I was like no I'm gonna go and do this thing where I saw true joy and curiosity and wonder of like searching people were soul searching from this one episode and i'm like this was it this is what 15 years of the pain the grind the suffering the soul searching the the ups the downs the roller coasters the being lost and found and all of that for this one episode on cleveland to then decide this is what i'm meant to do i'm meant to help people pursue their passions and their goals and create and learn that they can create just from themselves and within and finding whatever these tools are, these aspects of self that are so fulfilling. Yeah. Go and create the experience you want to create, not basing it on anything else other than the fulfillment of yourself. Mm. Ooh, beautiful. <laughs> Drop the mic on that one, bro. Wow. That's great, dude. I, I love how the opportunity was 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 presented there and, and you took it, right? And yeah. and the mindset to be like, oh, this is what this was for. Like I've graduated from football. This is this is graduation, right? Like this is the this is what this journey has been leading me to. But one thing that I want to point out that I think is is just is really inspiring just to be able to, to have that awareness and to be able to see and to look at your past and be like, I was doing this for this reason. I was doing this for validation. I was doing this to get the approval of my dad. I was doing this for these reasons. I think it's incredibly humbling and, and honestly inspiring to, to be able to have that, um, that, that level of awareness. So my question to you is what, 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 did, what advice would you give people who maybe have that realization and want to make that next step and want to align themselves in something that feels more aligned to them or stop playing the game in that way and start playing their own game? Like what, what words do you have for somebody like that? To keep it simple, you always know. Hmm. Trust what you always have known. I have known since 10 years old of signing up to play football. I knew in that moment I never wanted to do it. I knew in the moment, like going to Stanford, like I wanted to be out there because the beach, the mountain or east and west, I'm in the middle of two cities which, and the tech giant of the world. I knew I wanted to be out there for stem cell research, for regenerative medicine and advancement of the body, becoming mm. this superhuman, right? Yeah. So trusting what I knew. My dad wanted me to go to Penn State. My mother wanted me to go to Notre Dame. And I declined both of those. And I was like, no, I'm going to go. I, I feel I'm supposed to be over here. So I'm going to go and do this. And every time that I chose this path of knowingness, that leap of faith that we hear all the time, gosh, has the universe, God, source, synchronicities, serendipity, whatever you want to word it, has answered and supported. I mean, literally, like it is two years ago, a little over two years ago, that I'm in Cleveland, Ohio. I just left the game. It took me three weeks of deciding, am I going to go Hmm. to the path of suffering that I know in my being 
that I don't want to experience again, but this pressure of society, do I do this? The pressure of your dad, the pressure of like your family, your friends, like what will it look like? I'm the only one perceiving this reality. They're not perceiving what I'm going through. So who's the person who's going to know actually that they don't want to do this? I am. Or go and pursue healing, energy work, inspiration, motivational speaking, whatever it will be, and go this way. That actually some way, as much as it is fearful, there's this like, wait, this feels right. It sounds right. It looks right. (laughs) So then trusting what I knew, I took that leap of faith. And again, I was on. Well, I didn't even say again, but like I was on a massage table, bro. Like I was sleeping in a crystal store. I was homeless. I was in so much debt, but I was the happiest I ever was when I fully decided I'm going to do this. I'm going to take this leap. I'm going to put this BS down. That's not my truth, a truth. And I'm going to see what happens because I got nothing to lose at this point. And I just, this feeling of knowingness and boom, now I have my own studio. I have this beautiful job. I'm about to live in Santa Barbara. Like I get to really make an impact on people because the universe was just trusting me Mm. to go and believe in myself. And now all of a sudden now I'm trusting in the universe and believing in it. So that mirror was met and then thus created my experience. Wonderful. Beautiful. Beautiful. Really, really, really wonderful. It's my takeaway from that is that you got to be honest with yourself. Like, you know, at the end of the day, it's like that voice that voice that you're trying to convince yourself out of, it's like, that's the voice, that's the direction. And, uh, and the more that you lean into it, and I've seen this in my own experience, certainly as well. It's like the more that I lean into that, the more that I trust that exactly like you said, the more that that's reciprocated and the path continues to unfold. And when it feels like a dead end, it's like, it's almost like just like the next level of the video game. It just like opens up the next, the next level there. You're in one of those fun house mazes and it's just like, cool. You get to the next, the next phase of it really, yeah. uh, which is, which is super, super powerful and, and, and really insightful. So you, you said you were, you were, li- you were sleeping in a, on a massage table in a crystal studio. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So it was Goddess Elite in Cleveland, Ohio. And I had just gone around looking for crystal stores that I can go and visit. Cause I just didn't know what was out there. Probably and not a, lot, I, a lot in Cleveland, Ohio, my guess is <laughs> less than, less than California. I would, I would take the liberty. Just a guessing. little bit. <laughs> um, just a little bit. And so I ventured into this store and, came back multiple times and then, you know, started talking to the store owner and just really started to connect. And then I started to connect to people. And I honestly continue to forget about hard knocks. Like you brought up hard knocks here and they're like, yeah. dude, you're the guy from hard knocks. I'm like, I, that's, it's because I, I don't see this. Right. So it, that was out of my mind. And then to connect to people and recognize like, wait a second, they see that here's this individual who had this background, but they're still willing to listen and like, okay, I'm going to take this leap of faith because like this dude ends up in a crystal store and it worked for him. Like I'm going to try it too. So I would meet these people Mm. and it was like connection after connection. Then the store owner like pushed me into like, Hey, do you do healing work? I'm like, I know how to heal. I just never did it like outside of my own private one-on-ones. Like that was the extent. And she just like pushed me off this cliff and was like, Mm. do it. And then boom, things started really to blossom. And then again, football fell apart. Um, and then I finally committed to the store and I didn't have any place to live. Things were a little shaky at the time. And she's like, Hey, like you can come and live in this space or you can live in the crystal store. I'm like, I'm going to stay here. I love being around the energy of the stones. And I lived in there for a little over a month. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but it was again, the most joyful experience. Cause I'm like, yeah, I know that I could create with thoughts. There's the power of manifestation. There's 
the vibration of your voice. There's your thoughts. Literally, the difference between thinking something and saying something is that when you say it, that ripple is now felt beyond mm -hmm. your own vessel. You have now allowed the energetics of the world around you to then experience your verbal spell. Toss the stone word. into the into the ripple and it's rippling off now. Yeah. yeah. So it was that experience being in the store and like, again, seeing people come off that table, the healing table, if you will, and their facial expressions and people have been in it for years or people that have like, yo, I'm super skeptical, but I'm trying this because like whatever. And then when they wake up an hour later, or they come off the table and their face and the smile and the, the amazement of wonder, it's so innocent. It brings them back to their childhood, that childlike nature, which is always here. I'm like the biggest child in the world. Yeah. It's like, I'm like this, this essence right here. I'm about this. Let the Tom Brady's, the Aaron Rodgers, let, you know, the LeBron James, the Steph Curry's, let them be the athletes that can make the impact the way that they do on the screen. And I'm going to be the athlete that was formerly known there. And I'm going to make the impact here one-on-one -on -one in a different way. Mm. Like I'm going to do it differently because I'm trying to inspire people to take that leap in their own life and do it differently. So that store was that temporary, but that first stepping stone into an entirely different chapter of my life, which then has only been rewardful. It was rewarding. Yeah. Excuse me. And from that moment, it was like leap and leap and leap and leap and learning discernment. As you have said yourself, you're like, dude, like when I just trusted that intuition and that knowingness, like I have been rewarded. Like when you first started to do podcasts, you probably came out and you're like, dude, there's so many people doing podcasts, like yeah, exactly. whatever. I'm just going to do this. But I love this. I love meeting people. I love talking to people. I have a couple of networks like that are giving me this window. I'm going to jump through it. And then boom, after podcast, after podcast, now all of a sudden, now there's this confidence and this rooting foundation that you have in the earth, in the ground. And like, boom, look what's happening, bro. Like you're meeting with all these people and it's just you experiencing the life that you want to experience because you trusted yourself. That's right, so, man. Amen yeah, to that, bro. Jump, yeah. jump in the net shall appear is a, is a great phrase that I like. That that's the yeah. big takeaway from this. And I, I feel like as time continues to go on, that that time, that month, like living in the crystal shop, like that's going to become so much more and more valuable as time continues. Like that really is an anchoring point for for you and your story. And I think is 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 definitely inspiring to be able to to help inspire people along the message that you want to be able to share with them. Yeah. Thank you, man. I, I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I always say the crystal store and I always combine the car that I was in. Well, still am in, but uh, her name's Alexandria. I know we all, hopefully everyone names their car. Your oh, yeah. car represents your physical body, your physical vessel. And she didn't start all the time and it wasn't like crazy, but there were times where she legitimately wouldn't start. And I'm going, okay, what am I missing? What am I not seeing? What is the lesson that my body is telling me, but I'm unaware mm. of? And so I would sit in that car and it would be freezing cold in Cleveland. I'm like, oh, that one crystal would come to my mind. Oh, I need to purchase this crystal. So I would go and purchase it. And I'm like, okay. And then it still wouldn't start. And then I remember there was a dude outside that I had like met and he owned this shake shop and he was like working on it. And he's like, hey, dude, what's up? You can come for a free shake, whatever. I'm like, nah, dude, it's okay. Thanks. I appreciate it. And I'm sitting and I'm reflecting, reflecting, reflecting. And I'm like, I go back into the store and I'm thinking it's this and that. And I'm going through this trial and this era and I'm like learning new lessons in this whole experience. Mm. And suddenly an hour later, this dude comes back from this shake shop and he's like, I'm like, dude, what's up? And he's like, oh, I forgot something. He's like, you still want to shake? And I'm like, yeah, I've been sitting in this car yes. for an hour. So like, let's chat. 
and then unfold this beautiful conversation about stones mm. and crystals. And he's like, does it work? And I wear this turtle and it was hematite, like blah, 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 blah. And then the end of that conversation, he goes and buys another stone. And he's like, wow, dude, this was so powerful. So amazing. I tell him about the car and I'm like, you needed to come back. I needed to get this shaked. And I know that I need to buy a couple of these stones and we're supposed to have this conversation. And I bet you that car out there is going to start because now I feel full. And right as I go out there on the first attempt, she starts uh, up. I love it. So it's like these experiences from my car to the crystal store and just constantly having these signs outside of self confirming yeah. what you already You can't know. make it up, man. You can't make you it can. up. You, all you can so. do is be humbled and moved and grateful for like it. It's like the, I see you like the universe is cheeky. It works in cheeky, real cheeky ways like that. Where you just, yeah. and, and, I, and I love the, uh, like the, you know, the, I, I feel like I'm, an, I'm eternally in my 10 year old self and in my, in my grown up body, like just 10 year old self in that way. And, and, and it really does like becomes a, 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 an interactive game. It becomes a like follow the breadcrumbs or something that I say often too. It's like the dude says, you want to shake? It's like, yes is the answer that's your next step like and then you go do that follow that clue and then there's gonna be another clue from that that's gonna lead you to the next thing the next thing the next thing and and that's like and i can take it from you as well but like that that's where i've seen so many of those just profound awe-inspiring moving and fulfilling moments like the most full moments that i've experienced have been from like trusting that and following that and taking that step it's like dancing with the universe or with god like tangoing it's like you take a step then they take a step back and then take a step forward. You take a step back. It's just like this, this epic dance. I love those stories. That's getting me lit Absolutely. up over here, man. Yeah. Thank you so much. I mean, I wanted to ask you of like, what has been your dance as of recently and what has been your dance with say podcasts? Like yeah. how did you evolve to where you are now and what you're doing? Yeah. Great question. I mean, honestly, the podcast came from just a selfish from, from me feeling like I didn't want to be selfish anymore because I would just have so many great conversations like the one we're having right here. Like this would just be a part of my regular daily life. And I would end the conversation. I like black out during the conversation. Right. Cause you're just like, so <laughs> tapped in you're just like, I don't even know what, what, what just happened there, but I know there was some amazing stuff said and we should have recorded it. I, it's like, I was tired of saying I should have recorded that. Like we should have recorded that conversation, man. I bet that somebody, could have got something valuable from that. So I, I, I just one day decided, you know what, I, I'm, why don't I record it? So I recorded one, this was a while ago and I didn't really fully commit to the podcast thing because I wanted to, if it was something that I committed to, I wanted to like do it. And I wanted to be sure I was in it for the right reasons. And that was a big thing and not just to like do the podcast, but I wanted to really integrate it and make sure it was something that was, was a true expression of myself that I was doing in my own way and not for somebody else or for something else, because it was tempting many times people were saying you should do a podcast, like hold off. And then finally it was just like the, the time hit, I got the clue and it was like, all right, let's just do this. Like, let's like let it rip and see how it goes. And now it's like you said, it's, it's tough to imagine life before and all the beautiful experience. It's starting to, I'm starting to see the value in, um, in the network as well. and starting to see how like the web expands and how dots connect from different people and how like amazing people like yourself are that are willing to just like, people who I've never met in person yet that you're able to hit up on social media or have a friend of a friend, make an introduction. Like people want to connect and have these conversations. So it's been a very fun tango in that way. And like finding guests, bringing them on has just been seemingly kind of effortless. Like I don't have this massive plan or this list. It's just kind of like, Oh, this would be a great person to get on. And then it works out that way. And then there's the next person, the next person. So that's the kind that's the current dance that I'm playing right now. 
Dude, that's amazing. And thank you for sharing. Like, it's a beautiful dance because I can see, look at your energy. You're just like, ha, ah, this is amazing. And it's so spontaneous too. Exactly. That's the beauty of it. You're so present. You know what you want. You know what you want to experience. And so you just dance. You throw out like, today is the day to salsa. But tomorrow yeah. may be the day to tango. But today is a good salsa day. It's a yeah. damn good salsa day. Let me tell you that yeah. much. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thursdays are for salsa for sure. Thursdays are salsa night. I'd say that. <laughs> um, I love my dude, it. I love um, it. I, I'm curious, like you're a competitor, right? Like this is something that I find that I relate to a lot with my friends is like I, I'm, I'm a competitor as well. Like I, I love competing with myself and with others. And I love that like training, training camp mentality and that like, let's like, let's grit down and let's get after it. And like, let's, let's put in the work because that's where so much of the fulfillment comes. And I, I think it ties really in nicely to this, but how do you like reconcile that, like that competitive nature, that competitive side of yourself, you know, with the training that you're doing or, you know, the physical body morphing that you're doing with also the crystals, the healing, the softer, like masculine, feminine energies? Like, how do you, how do you see those things com com compelling with each other? So what I am currently learning, especially with competitiveness is, you know, we hear all the time, the only person you can be with is yourself, right? Right. And so I morphed this idea of competing with others into only competing with myself in a way that it becomes amplifying. So I recognize, like, I wrestled a lot with the weight room. I'm working on it a lot even right now. Um, the idea of the weight room reminds me of training camp. It reminds mm -hmm. me of having to be a certain weight. You'd get fined if you were a pound over this five pound limit, like $500 per pound, like training, weight Damn. room, nutrition, all of that just revolved in my mental state of like suffering in football. Mm. So it was very difficult to even desire to compete. And then I'm like, I don't need to compete with anybody. And then that's the other end of the spectrum is like, no, competition is good as long as it's something that is internally motivating, right? But not where it becomes destructive. And that's what I've been learning. And so I took the competitive understanding of like, wait, the things outside of me are only actually teaching me about the things within me. And so when I look at someone that I'm like, damn, they have something that I don't, whether they can lift a heavy weight, they can sprint super fast. So they're super spiritual and they can meditate and levitate, <laughs> whatever it is, right? Astral project. All it made me aware of was my desire to either achieve something or not. And so I simply look at it as like what I am to recognize what I am not and how I can take this. What I am not is then becoming either fuel or a redirection. And so the competitive nature, as long as the second I recognize it's destructive, like, well, I can do this or like, but I'm faster than this. Like, bro, did you see me? When I say, when I hear the me, did you see what I can do? Then I recognize mm. I'm like, no, this isn't a multiplier. We are not multiplying each other. I may be multiplying you because you're taking this external and turning into the desire. But I don't take that as a multiplier. I take it as a divider because you actually want me to suffer or become less than what I am in order for you to succeed. And I'm going, okay, well, then from this, I then learn the competitive nature still is like, wait, do I want to be with this person? Do I want to be around this person? Do I want to compete in this way? Do I even desire to fulfill the things that they desire to fill do are they awakening or reminding me of this desire and that's how i've looked at competition is like when i look at the people who can even in the yoga world the yogi or the medicine or the the crystal worlds i'm like great there are people who know like the minerals down to the structural molecular shape of a stone and i'm like wow that's so powerful and cool but do i desire this no 
And although I'm the crystal guy, I'm like, just because I'm not your type of level of crystal guy, am I less than? And if I feel less than, then my awareness of do I have the desire to then motivate myself to feel more fulfilled, not for them, but for myself. So I've more competition into understanding, wait, is this a desire that I have or is this a lack that they are presenting to me that I need to fill? Really well said. The multiply, the multiplier and divider really resonates to me for sure, because I feel like a lot of it's just divider, divider, dividers all throughout yeah. all of it. It's like, yes. and it's just people t- trying to multiply, but they're just dividing, dividing, dividing. And right. It's not helping each other get anywhere. Yeah. Chopping wood and chopping a tree down and feeding your own flame. But now the forest is that much less empty, you know, Mm. much more empty, excuse me. And it's like, no, dude, plant some more seeds because if you can show the tree, Hey, look over here, like plant some seeds over here, let them expand and grow. Wow. Holy crackers. Now they have an angle that you couldn't achieve. And then maybe they can share with you. Remember there's a network underneath the ground that is unseen. So just because you're not in that gym with that person, are you still sending them good thoughts? just because you're not in the same practices either with meditation as this person, can you inspire them, send them that good thought subconsciously, unconsciously, and consciously. So then suddenly that synchronicity awakens something in them. And they're like, Hey dude, like I really appreciated when you shared this with me, this helped me go down this path. And I learned this. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Right. That's where it continues to come back around, not in a circular fashion, but in a spiral fashion, this expansive fashion. And that's how I look at that is like, whoa, wait a second. That's how you actually multiply each other and grow. That's the purpose of sharing. It's not to chop down and feed your own flame because eventually your fire is going to go out and you have to repeat it somewhere else to fill this void. That's a black hole in an abyss. Or can it be full and you share your roots, spread them, help them spread their seeds, their roots in order to grow the forest as a whole. Mm. Beautiful analogy, man. This has got to be, we got to get a poetry book going over here. My goodness. <laughs> this is just ripping it. I love it. Um, I just love imagery, bro. It really it, I'm with you. My mind works in such a similar way as well with the imagery and, and locking on to that. So I'm imagery and alliteration for sure. Um, yeah, that's, that. <laughs> it, it takes, it takes, it takes the leader to be able, in my opinion, to be able to to, to give the compliment, to, to say, to initiate the first non-chopping wood into your own flame action. And then, and then it sets off that, that, that thing, like you said, sending the good thoughts or, or giving that genuine compliment. Um, do, do you find that to be true? How else do you start that ripple effect, would you say? So how I would look at it is in, in a form of, am I reactive or am I conscious? Now, if I look at it as, this is your center. This is, I am at peace. I'm strong. I feel secure. But the second that something starts to take you out of your peace, you go from I to me. And so when I start feeling these me's, then I recognize, wait, now it's again, selfish. It's about myself. It's about how I'm feeling. And so when I recognize, wait, this is something that I am creating this filter, this perception that I'm then going to project Mm. onto them. That's why me's have meetings boardrooms there's a bunch of me's and me goes right like so when that me is like do you hear what i'm saying who's louder that projection becomes a vomit and if you take their movie that they're playing and you make it yours well then boom now all of a sudden you feel attacked now you're defensive now you're ah because it's too close it became personal and so i know i don't want to experience this so when something's happening where i 
feel the me in myself is talking, I know the lack is there. I know that now all of a sudden I feel like I may want to start chopping down wood because what this person is presenting to myself is this lack. And so what can I do to bring myself back to my eye? Because then I could see this person eye to eye versus me meeting needs. And it doesn't matter if they are in their me or in their ego, your awareness, your consciousness, your consciousness of them is something that's so important that a lot of people forget that that consciousness is allowing you to be unconditional. It's loving. The Migos are conditional. You don't do this. If you would have did that, well, then we would have experienced set thing or you're not good enough and you should have been that. They're just projecting versus like, wait a second. I know of my unconditional love and vibration is here and peaceful. All you want to do and feel is be loved and validated. So as long as I stay conscious in this space, now I can lift you up. And then I'm also lifting myself up because I'm aware that I am not trying to chop a tree down. I am not trying to utilize this wood, which will be temporary, to burn a fire, which is also temporary. Because this is infinite. This is not. The me's, as we know, the second we get it off our chest, we're done screaming, we're done attacking and vomiting and projecting our movies, we feel better, right? Or we feel this release. There's all the wood that you finally burned. And then you're like, damn, I know I shouldn't have said that. And then we go, wait, should I have said that? And then you share the story because you're looking for validation. But that's because you don't know. The me's always live in the, I don't know. I don't know. I'm conditional. Like I place this on someone. Is it right? Is it wrong? I don't know. Oh, I feel great about it. No, I don't. You know, you don't because you're so aggressive. You're so angry. You're so upset. But if you then bring yourself back to that center, you're like, oh, I know I could have handled that better. I know if I would have just lifted that up, them up, that is something I would have wanted to receive. So the only way that you can allow that spiral to ensue is if you aren't reactive, instinctual, surviving, you are conscious, simple, thriving. Mm -hmm. And the only way you can activate another eye is if you stay in your eye, you see someone eye to eye. Mm -hmm. So that's where I look at it. And I'm like, wait, when I'm feeling these moments of someone's like, oh, they'll come at me about energy or you're this, or you think you're that. I'm like, oh, so I am actually illuminating the shadow in you. My light is actually bright enough that it's evoking a me in you to hopefully then bring my vibration down so you can then feel on the same level. Mm. But I don't see you that we're not even on the same level. We <laughs> are on the same level, right? So the lesson is to hold your ground, hold your space, hold your eyes so that you can help them see too. And that is where strength resides. It is not tough to withhold an inform information and then attack someone or then actually attack them back. Wow. So what you belittled someone else that didn't make them feel better either. So now both of you feel like nothing. Great. Ah, rah, rah. Or can you actually do the tougher deed? Can you do something that actually is true strength? Can you speak from this common, collective, loving, powerful place that few words will empower them? It will evoke them. It will rattle their worlds. It will inspire them. They'll go back home and like, damn, that one person I met at the gym, that one person I met at the studio, that one person I saw outside, I was on the walk, I was at the beach, I was whatever. They made an impact because it was their true self speaking yeah. to my true self. Yes. So yes. that's, and, that's yeah. great. And, and it doesn't take, I don't think it takes much to be able to have, like that can be felt in a smile passing by a stranger or, yeah. or a wave or a hello or like a, I really like your earrings or that's, you've got an awesome tattoo there. Like if it's said from that genuine place, like that can be so felt when, when, when somebody's present with you in that way. 
Yes. So staying in your eye, seeing someone eye to eye versus mm. staying with me, meeting each other. Because no one wants to have a meeting, but we That's all want to have a place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's, I think it's a Ram Das quote. I'll have to double check on that. Um, but it's, we're all, at the end of the day, we're all just walking each other home. And I, yes. I it's just like it so good. It's, it's just good. like all the shadow, the, the shadows that are illuminating, the reflections, the shadows. It's all just like, we're all just walking each other home at the end of the day. Yes, 100%. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, that's great. So what, um, what role would you say that having community or friends or people that you can vibe with, what role has that played and does that play for you in your life? Well, great question. And the long story short, I have found more community in the last six, seven months now than in my entire life. Um, I had Beautiful. a small community as I would grow up in high school. And then I had a mini family, like when I went to Stanford, a mini family when I was in Green Bay, mini family in Cleveland. But these very small pockets with tremendous support. Like I'm forever grateful for these families and the few people that were along the way. I had also created that sabotage because I, again, didn't trust anybody. So nobody got to know me. And I was more of not a loner, but I really was in this isolation rather than presently I respected as solitude. So I've mm. recognized I've called forth this solitude. I've called forth this group of people that can mirror the vibration and experience that I want to have in life. And I asked for it so easily and effortlessly. And suddenly the relationships that I have now, the, the men that are finally in my life, like as in, I've always been around females, but it wasn't like, because, oh, you're an NFL player. It's like, I grew up in a house of females. I'm more in tune with my feminine side. And people are like, oh, you're soft, you're weak. And I'm like, no, I really understand what being gentle is about. Gently right. powerful, right? So like- Strength and surrender. Around. Right. But that doesn't always mean that I would handle that energy well. I also had misused the energy that being around females as well, always being in this relationship. I wasn't always the best, but I didn't want to be around men a lot because there were things I just, I didn't want to talk about ball and girls and money and like that all the time. That was not my interest. But then I actually asked for a community of men where we could talk like we're talking right now. Mm -hmm. I asked for a community of men where like we could talk about a plethora of things in life that truly are going to make an impact on the world or even just an impact on each other and feeling that true support where you can be vulnerable. You mm. can say, I love you, bro. Or like, I love you, man. Or like, I love you. And it's not like, well, what do you mean by that? No homo. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, go yeah. back up, right? Like it's changing that energy and then being around a community where now I have very powerful females who aren't hyper-masculine because of society. But I also have very powerful men who also aren't super feminine or, or super hyper-masculine as well and very misogynistic because we live in this patriarchal world. So I found this balance between both genders and those even that I don't define as a gender who have all created this community as of recent because I have done the work towards myself, finding the balance and the respect and the honor that I truly want to carry. Thus, my external world mirrored my internal world. Hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. And I love how effortlessly, seemingly it came when you asked for it in that way. A powerful shift there, I feel like, from isolation to solitude, that just that mental shift, I think. Um, and and, and do, do you think also around the idea of 
this, I just had someone on my, on my podcast recently talking a lot about masculinity and the evolving, like this, this, this new level of masculinity, which is along the lines of these things we're talking about. Like, do you see with this next generation, like, do you see more people wanting to be in these types of conversations, wanting to be able to be seen and heard and have conversation? Like I see a massive shift happening. I'm curious to hear from your perspective, what you're seeing. Yeah. So I'm definitely the power of the and I are the female right because men in, in my opinion we need more of this this guidance we need more of this guidance from the feminine from this aspect the gentle the nurture but I also am seeing like the men um there's a desire yeah to be soft and it's not like super soft like you know I'm not saying fragile not fragile masculinity but there's this desire to be vulnerable because for so many years, it's suppress your emotions, be tough, be a man, like, ooh, rah, rah. So, like, I feel as I observe people when I recognize, oh, why did you dress this way? Or why are you posting this on your story? Or, like, why did you post this? Or why are you spending so much time and effort caring about what other people think so much? And it's like, at the root cause, it's that, what you said, it's that desire to be heard. It's that desire to be felt. It's that desire to mm. be seen but that's not seen as the gender. It's not seen as like, I am this man. I am this female. Yes, that's what's here. That's the flesh. But it's like, no, do you see me? Do you see my soul is what they're actually saying. And the awareness of that is what I feel is coming to the surface. Now, if people mm -hmm. are aware that's actually what their root is, maybe not, but you can see that evolving so much like, no, I'm trying to be different. Wait, no, 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 no. I'm trying to be who I am. Yeah, trying to be me. Trying to embrace trying the to weirdness be... of me. Yes, yes. And so that desire to express themselves, to be heard, and then not worry about the me, the condition, the judgment, the opinion. Yes, I feel like actually that's always been here. But now as being that time due to social media, doing media in general, people are feeling that they can fully express. Now, unfortunately, there's a lot behind the screen. It's through texting. However, that is the uh, stepping stone, if you will, where people are now texting this vulnerability. They feel like they can use voice notes because, you know, you can't see this live mm -hmm. expression. That fear if they mess up. Like, I look at those small things like voice notes, like text yeah. messaging, like all of that messaging. People are saying things through text that they wouldn't normally say. We didn't have that back then. We didn't have right. that. You know, we had letters, but even then it was like poetry, as you said earlier. Yeah. It's like, but still people would like, be so afraid to say something we're losing this social interaction but that desire that's what this last year 2020 i feel like really um expanded upon it expanded upon wow do i desire to be heard and seen and just see another human face see another person talk to them let them know how are you feeling oh you feel this too well wait can i can i express myself can i can i cry for a moment can i can i like complain can i whine can i but will you still see me as a powerful female will you still see me as a powerful man wait what i'm asking you is actually do i still see myself as a yeah. powerful, powerful female so i'd say this is definitely on the rise and it's getting a little bit lost but i think it's also being found at the same time because it's presented in a way that it has never been experienced before yeah. And I think that that's, that's what's going to allow us to take it a step further and deeper. It's like, for me, I, I love hey, Whenever somebody asks me like, how, how are you? Or how's it going? My first question back always is, do you really want to know? Like, I, are you asking for the pleasantry or are you asking because like you truly, truly do want to know? 
and uh, and it always gets a, gets a rise out of out of people's one kind of throws people off guard. And then when I ever I ask, "How's it going?" Oh, it's good. I always like to follow up if I'm you know at a smoothie shop or juice shop or coffee whatever. I always like to ask, uh, "Oh, well, what, what's what's something that's going on good? Like, what's one thing that you're excited about today?" And it actually causes people to stop and think. But I feel like in that expression and in that exchange, you have a chance to be heard and to like and for yourself to express yourself and to be seen in that way that I think just connect, it creates a connection and it creates like a real, real moment that I found to be super powerful. Yes, indeed. You're stepping outside of their normalcy, their yeah. every mundane task. You went, Oh, you made a dent. You threw right. that rock or lake in their ocean. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, man. Um, this is, this is a pleasure. An hour is zipped by pretty quickly as, uh, as Holy expected fabric. when we, uh, when we time bend, when we jump off into the, uh, into the cosmic pools, it, as, as it happens, throwing, throwing rocks, throwing dance. I have a feeling <laughs> that this one will, uh, definitely cause some dents and the ripple effect in, uh, out there in the, in the pool. Is there, is there anything that you, uh, you'd like to, uh, share in closing here? Well, one, thank you for having me. Two, I would love to continue this conversation um, yeah. in another time, in another yep. podcast, another yep. whenever, or even just down in San Diego. Yep. Devin, it's, uh, it's been a pleasure, my friend, my brother. Thank you for, thank you for coming on. Uh, much love to you. We certainly will be continuing this conversation and uh, looking forward to, uh, to the next time that we, uh, we get a chance to connect here. Absolutely. And Joshua, I really appreciate you having me on here. I also just uh, want to leave for if anybody, again, feels moved or inspired by this message, please, like you have questions for myself, like, please don't hesitate to reach out in any way. Um, give them that information if you can, if they're reaching out to you, like, hey, got a couple of questions, like I'd be more than happy to answer them. Just trying to help another person throw another rock in their own ocean. <laughs> I love so it. thank you so much, man. Much love, big time. I appreciate being on here and I can't wait to talk to you soon. Absolutely. Much love, brother. Talk soon, man. Thank you.